Hi friends, welcome back to Nobody Knows Podcast, dedicated to the ones who are still trying to figure it all out in life. I hope you're doing well. If this is your first time listening, hello and thank you for tuning in. I'm Juliana and I'm a 28-year-old who has consistently felt lost in life and like I've always been behind as I navigated my 20s. I created Nobody Knows to share my experiences and advice in hopes that we can relate to one another. We also have guests on here to spice things up from time to time and offer different perspectives, knowledge, and expertise to figuring it all out. If you have been loving this podcast, make sure you're following on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and hit the bell on Spotify to be notified of future episodes. Lastly, I would love your feedback for Nobody Knows Podcast. The best way to show your support is either through a five-star review on either listening platform or writing to me directly on either Instagram at Nobody Knows Podcast or on TikTok at Nobody Knows Podcast followed by an underscore. Today is going to be a bit more of a shorter episode, but I wanted to touch on something that I learned in therapy last year as I was going through my leave of absence. I wouldn't say it's anything like astounding, but I definitely felt surprised that I hadn't thought of this earlier once I realized this. And I do think it's going to help people who are introverted and who want to succeed at work. So if you're one of those people, then this episode is for you. Let's dive into today's listener submission. Today's submission is from Stephanie and she wrote to me on Instagram. She wrote that she is currently figuring out how to accept being in a healthy relationship for the first time ever. I think this is very fair. I have said in previous episodes that I feel like the men in our era, like millennials, somewhat Gen Z, they're just different. They're fuckboy. They don't want to settle down. They don't want to be in serious relationships. They date people who are like 10 times younger than their actual age. Like it's just kind of fucked up. And so myself and a lot of my girlfriends have always had a hard time dating because the guys suck. They suck so much. And then it takes longer to find the the true person that you genuinely want to be with. For me, I was so used to one experience and being treated a certain way, aka like treated terribly. And when that's all you've ever known, you realize that to be the only truth and that to be healthy in a backwards kind of way. So when you receive something different or something completely opposite from that, and you've never experienced this before, the alarm bells in your head start to go off. But in reality, it's actually quite healthy. And healthy love can seem unhealthy and take a long time. And usually with the help from a mental health professional to like work out and to realize like this is good for you. I could probably do a whole episode on this topic and maybe I should. But as you all know, Brennan is technically my first serious relationship. And I had to do a lot of internal work when we met to almost like recalibrate my brain and realize that I was in a healthy relationship. I would assume, Stephanie, that you were probably feeling the same way or that you've had to go go through similar situations to accept this healthy relationship that you're now in. Also, congrats that you are in a healthy relationship. For some people, it's difficult next to near impossible to break that pattern of picking the wrong love because we are so used to it and some people unfortunately never get out of that pattern so kudos to you for finding someone who brings healthy love to your relationship 
some things that Brendan did were a given and really portrayed a healthy relationship. He was consistent, he had great communication, and he valued me as an individual. But even his consistency threw me off base because I was always waiting for the other shoe to fall. I was like waiting for him to fuck up so I could catch him and be like, haha, you actually are a bad guy like every other guy I've dated so there was a lot of internal patterns and like avoidant behavior that I had or anxious attachment behavior that I had that I had to really squash and sometimes it still comes up even given two years that we're in a relationship I still have to check myself and also communicate with him of like why I'm acting a certain way so it's definitely an ongoing battle that I don't know if we ever truly get over it maybe just reduces as we continue to work on it time over time. If you have a story that you would like to submit and have read on this podcast, head on over to my Instagram at nobody knows podcast and send me a direct message. And if you want to share something but remain anonymous, that's totally fine too. Just let me know and I will exclude your name when sharing. So as I mentioned, today's episode is around introverts and those who are still introverted and like to work or they want to excel in their career, they place a lot of value in their career, but they are definitely introverted. The way I came about this realization or this learning was when I was doing loads and loads of therapy. I was doing like weekly sessions with my therapist and we were primarily focusing on my anxiety within my personal life and at work. And a lot of the reason why I took a leave of absence from work was due to burnout at work, working in a work from home environment, not prioritizing myself. It all was sort of like a perfect storm. And like I said, I want to do an episode, probably a three-parter on what led up to my burnout or like what led up to my leave of absence, what happened during my leave of absence, and furthermore, what happened after once I returned to work and tried to avoid relapsing with burnout. I want to do episodes on that, but I'm still in the return to work phase. I just went back end of November, so I'm still figuring out. December was a bunch of holidays. I'm still getting my stride, so I don't have all the knowledge or my learnings yet to like share with you, but that will definitely come. And so from pinpointing my anxiety within my personal life and my work life, the main thing about work was I highlighted that meetings gave me such anxiety and that I would always feel drained after talking for long periods at work. And because I was work from home, all of my work is done through Zoom or like the computer. So I'm not actually talking to people face to face. So there's an, an additional amount of work and mental labor that you have to do when you're on Zoom or communicating virtually. You don't want to interrupt someone or someone's on mute or someone's just not understanding. The connection's not that strong. You got to do jump through all these hurdles before you can even have the discussion. And sometimes the discussion is not even that great because you can't read body language. You can only see like the top of them, right? So it's just so much additional exhaustion that I was experiencing on top of being stressed out from work already in general. And Last year, I had a lot of meetings that I would have to talk through. Sometimes my whole day would be full of meetings, so I would just be incredibly drained by the end of it. I felt like a zombie. I couldn't really focus on any of my other work that needed to be done. I would always have to mentally regroup before and after my meetings just so that I could start on my other work. 
And if I didn't get that time to regroup, again, I felt like the zombie, like I felt like in a daze and I felt like I truly couldn't focus. So after explaining this and talking to my therapist about a few other things, she called me something that I had never heard before. And after I heard this, I went on a Google binge spree and started and started searching the meaning of all this. And it really makes total sense. She deemed me a professional extrovert. So first off, let me outline, you know, what qualifies as a professional extrovert so you can figure out if you are one too. I would say a professional extrovert is someone whose position deals with a lot of high traffic, whether that be with fellow employees or with clients, and they deal with frequent communication. Their positions, qualifications, and responsibilities deal with some form of organizational management, and this can consist of like planning, coordinating, overseeing various elements within the organization so that you can achieve its goals and objectives. And furthermore, that person is an introvert in their personal life, so they get re-energized by being on their own. Solitude is a sexy thing to them, and they feel revitalized by that alone time so that they can go back out into the, the world and communicate with whoever. The problem, though, with being introverted is the workplace, like the classic corporate structure, does not favor introverts. The person who is always the loudest always gets the most praise. The business world has literally been built for extroverts. Like, that's truly not fair if you are introverted and you want to excel in your career. You shouldn't be penalized just because you operate in a little bit of a different way. So if you do identify with being a professional extrovert, I have racked my brain on some tips on what I think would be best and what I think can make you excel and thrive in a social work environment. Number one is realizing and utilizing your superpower. So that is typically listening, holding space for others, waiting to contribute, getting all the facts before you speak. Listen intently and add value with quality of input over quantity. I love this because you can like pinpoint in an organization people who like to talk just to hear their own voice or they're just way more confident in talking. And I love to observe them. One, for like personal development in terms of my speaking. Like I am very self-conscious and I always try to be concise and succinct. The second part to this is knowing what you're naturally good at. And by knowing what you're naturally good at and what you're capable of, you can leverage those skills towards growing within whatever industry that you're currently in. And I would say that this will take some time. I'm in what, like eight years of my career now, and I'm just starting to get like a shred of confidence in my professional work that I do. It might even take you longer. It might take you 20 years to realize some things that you're really, really good at. But once you figure out what those are, start a list, start a notes doc of your superpowers of what you're really good at and figure out ways that you could implement that into your everyday work. Another thing that can help you realize and utilize your superpower is introverts are extremely adaptable. So yes, while we might not like to speak up or be on calls with lots of people, we can still do it. And I think our desire for success and achieving our goals will outweigh our typical personality traits and it can push us to hone in on the skills that we might not be so good at. The next tip that I think can help professional extroverts Build those individual connections. Always like to people watch on meetings or just get a sense of someone before I chime in. And that ability really helps you build 
those deep and meaningful relationships because you get an understanding of someone and going back to us being adaptable we can kind of I don't want to say portray ourselves in a certain way because that sounds fake but we can cater ourselves to someone who's more boisterous or someone who's also like us and a little bit more introverted we have a natural tendency to read a room before speaking and furthermore we can practice empathy and which helps us gain a deeper understanding of the people or situation that we're currently engaging with. Building up meaningful connections is so powerful at work or in your job because you never know when that relationship will come in handy years down the line. You just never know. And building a genuine connection with someone is going to far outweigh, oh, I just used to work with this person and we used to talk occasionally on Zoom. The third one is going to be probably controversial to any of your managers or bosses or directors at work, but set aside time to recharge. Everyone's always pushing like, get this done. This is top priority. Also, nothing's like ever really top priority unless you're working in a hospital, doctor's office, trying to think of any sort of like emergency service. Then that's a high priority. But if you work anywhere else, chances are you can figure out how to get it done without it being like super, super urgent. But I digress. Set aside time for you to recharge yourself throughout the day. If you have like three meetings back to back to back, figure out when you're going to get time for yourself to do what you need to do so that you're ready to tackle the rest of your work for that day. Or God forbid you have more meetings and you have to be prepared for those. If you do not set this as a boundary, you are going to burn out. This, I think, is one of the biggest things I wish I had known before my leave of absence is just learning how to advocate for yourself, specifically for things that feel silly to advocate for. You feel like you're letting your team down, you're letting your boss down, you're letting your company down by saying, oh, I'm sorry, I need to take my hour lunch. But no, you are entitled to that. You also probably don't even get paid for that. So take that time because you will be so surprised how much better you feel after that hour has gone being away from your computer, being away from your workplace, and how much more productive you'll be once you're back there. The fourth tip on being a great professional extrovert is if you're uncomfortable communicating in large meetings and you have a lot of large meetings, figure out which communication method works best for you. Is it through an instant messaging software that you have at work? Is it through email? Is it through voice notes? A lot of those instant message softwares have voice notes now. Obviously, like keep it within reason for your organization, but figure out what works best for you and use it to death with your boss or with your coworkers. Doing this will make sure that you're showing up in the times that you need to be showing up because oftentimes in those large meetings when everyone's talking or like the loudest people are talking, you don't have the opportunity, you don't feel comfortable to talk there. Find another method that works for you to continue the conversation. The next tip ties back to the second tip that I provide about forming individual connections. Just a reminder that you do not need to be friends with everyone you work with. A lot of workplaces are becoming more modernized. They're really emphasizing getting to know our coworkers, spending more time with each other. A lot of people are going back to the office. So there's that forced connection and pressure to really prioritize these relationships. But at the end of the day, they are just people that you work with. So if you don't like some of them, 
that's okay. Honestly, it's pretty common and you don't need to force it. I would say pick one to two people that you naturally connect with, that you admire, that you have some form of common ground with, and really invest in those relationships to build a genuine connection. Take the pressure off yourself, focus on the one to two people that you would like on your side, and commit to learning more about them. And then the last tip is also related to being adaptable. What you project doesn't have to be what you feel. It's a little bit of, you know, fake it till you make it. I've been told by a lot of my friends and coworkers that I come off as confident. And if you've listened to any of these episodes, you will realize that I am not confident whatsoever. I overthink. I get physically and mentally anxious. I am a perfectionist in type A. I'm incredibly self-critical. But when it comes to having to put myself out there... I really try not to highlight all of those characteristics and I try to just be as genuine as possible. Genuine in the sense of like being with close friends where your guard's down and you feel comfortable in talking. Not necessarily spilling out your secrets, but more so just comfortable in being able to actually talk to someone else. And I try not to highlight these characteristics truly by ignoring them. I don't really share these insecurities or these truths about myself with my coworkers. I only do in like a one-on-one setting or if it's in relation to professional development with my boss, I'll definitely highlight that I would love to improve upon that. But I don't start off a call with everyone and be like, oh yeah, I'm terrible at presenting and I'm actually quite anxious right now and then dive on into it. You kind of have to put it out of your mind and just keep powering through because if you highlight it, Sometimes it can be endearing. Sometimes it's okay with the right group of people, but other times it ju- you just get in your own head and then you think about it more and then what you speak becomes reality. Like I said, you can call it fake it till you make it or like the Gen Z version of just being Delulu. If you want to be a professional speaker, tell yourself that. Maybe obviously do some additional re- readings or, or maybe a course, but just tell yourself, I am a confident speaker. Say it to yourself in the mirror. I swear just a little bit of that can go a long way. There is like the classic saying that your feelings are valid, but they're not always true. I have all these insecurities like I've just listed, but to someone else, they would say, Jay, like that's not realistic at all. Like I wouldn't agree with you at all that you are insecure or you're not confident. So just remind yourself that sometimes what you project doesn't always have to be in direct relation to what you feel. Those are some of my initial insights on what it takes to thrive as a professional extrovert in a socially dominated work environment. Again, thank you so much for tuning in week over week. We are steadily growing this community and I'm really, really grateful to chat with you on socials and I've even gotten to meet some of you. I am slightly awkward. Again, what you project doesn't always have to be what you feel, but I definitely have been awkward in past situations. So if I have met you and I've been like that, I apologize. I will get better. I promise. It truly feels like we are all in this together, figuring out our lives and that's pretty kick-ass. Make sure you're following on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and hit the bell on Spotify to be notified of future episodes. And let's connect on Instagram at Nobody Knows Podcast or also on TikTok at Nobody Knows Podcast followed by an underscore. I'm sending you warmth and joy and wishing for you to take some extra rest this winter season. Until next time, friends. Bye.